What's up? It's True Crime Tuesday. Tonight I'm here with Kendra. We're going to talk about a case that has often been likened to the Manson family murders, but it's not as good as that. It's the discount Manson family murders, but it's also the vampire discount family Manson murders. Let's get into it. The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on this is Sunday. About the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Guns up, giddy up, Wolfpack. This is Failure to Stop True Crime. This is the number one show where you get all the murder, mystery, and mayhem to keep you up all night, keep you awake for your entire shift. Failure to Stop is the number one podcast and platform where we entertain and inform first responders and their friends. I'm joined, by, as always, by Kendra Drama, former police officer from Florida. I'm John. I'm a 911 dispatcher. Kendra was just jamming out to our intro. She said to me before the show, John, that's my favorite song. I have cut her an MP3 of that music that doesn't have the annoying uh, news broadcasters in it, and she's going to jam to it later. Kendra, how are you this evening? It has, it's been forever since I've seen you, and I miss <laughs> you, old friend. How the heck are you? I long I to mean, hear your voice. Any old time. I, What's up, friend? I miss you too, Stub. <laughs> old John. She's saying, she's saying Stub with a B and not Stud with a D, just so that we're all clear. Like, yeah. that's not a... Clar- Thank there. you for clarifying that. And I was just doing the cabbage patch to the intro very violently. So. I don't know what that is. It's a dance move. I, I can't do it. Oh. I can't demonstrate she's, uh, it. She's, she's <laughs> clenching her fists and, and thrusting them inward and outward from, from her abdomen. It's a bizarre move. Stop doing it. I know that I know that I on can't. YouTube they, they can see you, but on Spotify, you know, they can't tell how bizarre your behavior is. Uh, I can't stop. It's the song. You can't stop and you won't stop at failure to stop. Before we get into it, <laughs> let me pay the bills. I'm going to talk about our sponsors, folks. You know my favorite sponsor on this show is obviously going to be Ghostbed. Ghostbed has been here since before the beginning of time, failure to stop wise. Ghostbed has always been out there. Their mission in life is to bring comfortable and affordable mattresses to every single person in this country. But they're here to start with failure to stop to bring them to first responders, veterans, our friends, people like you, you can go to the Ghostbed website, ghostbed.com, use the offer code Wolfpack. That's going to get you 40% off. That means for every dollar you spend there, you actually get to keep 40 cents of that. And then you can go on there and you can look at their adjustable frames, their comfortable mattresses, their pillows with their proprietary cooling technology. Sleeping on a pillow like that all night long is like as if you had like a magical force constantly flopping your pillow over so that the cool side was constantly against your cheek. Right when you lay down, with a nice clean laundry and your cheeks against the pillow. That's how the ghost bed pillow feels all the way through the night. Okay. It's, it's extraordinary. You should go there, check out everything they got to the, on the website that they have to offer. Use the offer code Wolfpack support failure to stop. We love them because like I said, they make it available for anyone, a 0% down, 0% financing. Even if you're just somebody that makes, you know, true crime podcasts, you can go in there. You can go on the website and you can come out of that situation with a ghost bed. You can massively improve your life. And of course we love ghost bed because they're made in the good old, USA. 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 We were so close. We'll we're always so it. close. Yeah. No. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, Ghostbed supports us. So uh, if you want to support Failure to Stop, make sure you support Ghostbed. Uh, this is fourth quarter. This is when uh, all their sales, uh, you know, 
goals are coming due, make sure that you uh, go over there now, get something uh, for someone you love for Christmas or uh, whatever, and uh, just use the offer code Wolfpack so that they know that we sent you. Also supporting us is Factor Meals, folks. Right now, it is crazy out there. You go out there and you try to go to the grocery store. You're taking on everybody right now who is Christmas shopping. I had to go to town the other day, and I was there on a Friday night, and the traffic was just insane. And I'm the worst driver, as you well know. Like I will, I will not use turn signals. I will abruptly change lanes. I don't follow any rules of the law. It's all made up to me. That's all made up. People are honking at me and I'm rolling down the window and saying like, look, I'm 39. I'm not going to change. I'm sorry you're venting your anger upon me, but it's useless. I don't feel anything. The road rage is misplaced. <laughs> trying to go all over town though. If you're trying to go to the grocery store, you're going to run into people like me. You just don't care. You're going to be out there in traffic. You're going to be annoyed. It's already dark. You just want to get home before dark. You can't because you got to go to the grocery store and it's cold and you get in the grocery store and it's just like driving around town. People don't realize there are rules of the road. They're going down the wrong side of the aisle. They're standing there. They're loitering. They're not, you know, well, at least when I'm in the grocery store, I hold out my hands and indicate which direction I'm going to turn inside the grocery store for no reason. Anyway, it's an insane world out there. Everything's expensive. You don't want to run that gauntlet. Just have your meal waiting for you when you get home. Factor meals is going to do the work for you. Get home. You're tired from your job of being a first responder. You're getting ready to go into your ghost bed. But first, let's have a delicious chicken breast. Let's have some nice asparagus. Let's have some pasta. They're going to bring it to you. It's not frozen. You're not eating a hungry man dinner, right? You're not you're not skipping out on having a fine meal for yourself. You get it out of the fridge. You just pop it in the microwave for two minutes. You can cook it conventionally if you really want to treat yourself. You want to take yourself on a date with your favorite person. You can eat alone. Have a nice factor meal. You can feed yourself. If you go over there now and use Wolfpack50, that's our offer code. You can start out by saving 50% on these delicious meals. I know. That many people in the wolf pack do this for sure dana does this i believe that carly does this multiple other people are doing this i have had factor meals i've had the brought to my house it is wonderful you need to do this especially this time of year go over there use wolf pack 50 tell them we sent you support factor meals because they support us delicious meal over 300 options all prepared by chefs it's a wonderful wonderful way to feed yourself kendra getting away from things that are wonderful and going back towards things that are bizarre because that is our job. That is our mandate here on failure to stop true crime. When you sent me this case, I was like, <laughs> right, it's about, a vampire, about a vampire that killed some people. And it was back in the nineties, back when the Buffy, the vampire slayer was a real big thing. Um, I, before the show, I was mentioning to you uh, the, the fake skit on SNL with Chris Kattan called goth talk. I, I bring that up to you again because your set kind of looks like goth talk. Um, you're sort of disappearing into the background there. But what is this case about? This is another Florida case. Last week, we we talked about uh, the family annihilator there in Florida. This is another bizarre Florida case. Kick us off. Tell us what we need to know. And I'm going to try not to make fun of the fact that this guy's a vampire the entire time. Go ahead. Yeah, this... Uh... This episode's going to be full of of commentary. So if you're looking for a serious episode, maybe don't skip this one. Also, Just suck it up you, and listen to it. <laughs> if you are a vampire and you're you know you're a regular vampire, I'm sorry, I'm not going to treat you seriously. This show is about people who think they're vampires. I'm I'm way too old and inflexible. I don't understand a lot of the identity politics going on. But apparently, this is what flummoxed me. When I was researching this case, because I'm listening to all of these, I'm listening to Court TV, I'm listening to that podcast I really hate that's like having bees in my brain, and they're <laughs> they're all demanding respect for the vampire way of life. That's yeah. a thing. That's not a fake, like it's not a phase that you're going through when you're 13 and you hate your dad and you can only shop at Hot Topic. 
Like it's, you know, I don't know. They, they There's people on this earth. And we and Kendra and I also talked about people who think that they're witches or whatever. But there's people who think they're vampires. Now, I understand that like it's Halloween and you're going to live action role play vampires or whatever. You're going to dress up. You're appropriating the culture. Apparently, I don't know if you knew that. I obviously like just to look at me. I'm very unmanscaped. I'm obviously usually in the Wolfman live action role play. Yes, it's true. We do not get along with the vampires. They all <laughs> smell bad. We have to take care of ourselves as Wolfmen, you know, not necessarily with manscaping, although there is a time and a place for that. Shampoo all over the entire body. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I don't like vampires <laughs> and I don't think they're real. I just want to point out that I understand the glaring, um, maybe conflict of interest with my whole a seeming like a vampire at some point, I, I assume. Some people probably think that I'm <laughs> creeping around, pulling the cape up in front of your face. You know, yeah, I and I occasionally slip into a Romanian accent. Um, it's mm-hmm. just I can't mm-hmm. help it. Also, we're both wearing shirts that have bats on them. So we do, that. yes. If you're listening on Spotify, you're really missing out because I am wearing a shirt with the classic, you know, 1989 Batman logo. Look great. Kendra also looks okay. Um, yeah. But anyway, back to vampire murder. I'm sorry. I just, I'm trying to take this seriously. We did have two people who lost their lives. It's an actual murder. Yes. That... By, by some guy who calls himself Von Dorf or something. Vesuego. Vesuego. Something like he says that. He's, he says he's 500 years old, and yet he probably could not win, you know, some kind of American history B or anything. You know, couldn't couldn't win. He probably got terrible <laughs> grades in school, despite having been there for all of American history. You know, you think he would just remember, or wherever he's from. He's five hundred years. He's five hundred years old, but he, you know, he's lived in Kentucky this entire time. Apparently, I mean, where, you know, I'm sorry, but the history of the country only goes back to 1607 when English settlers came to Jamestown. But apparently, you know, he was here in the, in the like the 1500s, just hanging out in Kentucky. Kendra doesn't have yeah. water. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I think he probably, um, I, I wonder if Edward Cullen was, was modeled after this guy. Cause he was I don't also, get that joke. So I hate it. <laughs> he was a forever high school student in Forks, Washington in the series twilight. Um, I actually, I did get it. I just didn't want to admit that to my fans because now I'm diminished okay. in their eyes for knowing what that is. <laughs> you can blame me. I told you, I exposed you to it. Kendra told me before the show. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I told him I was going to make that exact joke. And his response was, I don't know what that is. And I explained it to him against his will. And now we're telling the joke again. So, mm-hmm. and, and she explained so to me why knows. I must be on Team Edward. I'm not Team Edward. Sorry, guys. Yeah, anyway. You're, you're Hufflepuff. I got gotcha. you. Anyway. Back, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> back to the show. I don't even have time to address that comment. Anyway. Our... <laughs> Our vampire story, as you said, starts in Kentucky in the Bible Belt. And here I go again, being blurry. Um, Not even just the Bible Belt, but the town of Murray is described as the belt buckle. So That's the middle part of the belt, folks. And it's also the most important part. Without the buckle, there's really no belt at all. So like in some ways, you said it's Murray, Kentucky. Very important. Without that, the the Bible Belt would fall down and then, uh, you know, the the Bible Bible wise, the country would be pantsless. But go on. It would just be a Bible strap, which is essentially useless. So doesn't doesn't sound good. <laughs> well, for all of the um, Christian influence and um, values that Murray, Kentucky has, there is a dark side. 
to this place. And that is where the vampires reside. <laughs> John. Um, <laughs> there is a group of young people, teenagers, who <laughs> believe that they are vampires. And they live out this vampire lifestyle. They are... <laughs> I cannot... Can't take you seriously. I'm a vampire. Is, <laughs> is my is my choice in life. Do not make fun of me. I'm, I'm so sorry. I need to respect you. Um. <laughs> anyway, so the being in the vampire, um, they call it a cult. I wouldn't go as far as to call it that, but this this whole thing started with a board game, didn't it? Like they're playing Dungeons yes. and Dragons, but for goth people, like. There is a game, there's a vampire game, and it is a, it's very similar to Dungeons and Dragons in the way that it's like a role play game. And that's essentially where it started. Uh, this group Wait, would get what, together. What, what would have happened if like that day when they decided like whatever board game we find is going to define our destiny for us? What if they had like found like, sorry, like would they have become better people or like, would they have become <laughs> bankers if they had chosen Monopoly? Like if they're going to base their whole life on a board game, I mean, what if it had been What's something, you know? What if it had just been like Connect Four, like Boggle? They would have no they would, Boggle, right? They'd have no ethos. But instead, <laughs> they choose Vampire, the Masquerade, and they're like, you know what? This is for me. I'm now 500 years old. Yes. And, uh, and uh, let's get a bunch of our fellow miners together, minor children. And we're gonna <laughs> cut each other, and we're gonna drink each other's blood. Who is influencing these people? I think that's part of the story. I think I'll finally shut up and tell you about. I'll let you tell us about Rod Farrell. Just go ahead. So, so one of the uh, members of this group is a boy by the name of Rod Farrell. Rod Farrell comes from a, a single mother home. She was a teenage, a teen mom. And she was also into this game. And they actually kind of influenced each other in that. And I think that probably... Um, <laughs> rocketed him into this lifestyle if I had to take a guess. So part of this lifestyle <clears throat> is you become what they call an embrace or a bond. And that, like you said, includes cutting their arms and drinking each other's blood. Then you become part of the family. Gross. And <clears throat> the guy, I know, the main guy in this, uh, I think he calls himself a sire. I, I'm yes. not sure if it's okay. His name a, is a sire is someone who brings someone into the fold, so yes. they are the head vampire. And to destroy a, a group of vampires, you must kill the sire, you must kill the head vampire. And what makes me laugh about this is that his chosen vampire name was Jaden, his real name is like Steve. Yes, so Jaden, Steve the vampire just doesn't sound <laughs> scary enough. Hello, I'm Steve the Vampire. Said so he's like, I am called Jaden the Immortal. You know, like <laughs> I just how do you take yourself seriously? How do you like look at yourself and you say, I'm a vampire now? I'm a vampire. And then like, and you know, I get it, they're kids, and they have no identity or whatever, and mm -hmm. they're all like sullen and moody. But I just don't get how you, you take it seriously. I know. Well, Jaden talks about what the vampire uh family, as he calls it, is really all about. And <clears throat> they apparently are very they hold human life very sacred and they don't feed on humans they they have a they have a set of values and they pretty much try to stick to themselves they're not trying to hurt anybody um we'll get to that but 
he is picked out at some point since we're talking about someone who murdered someone. This I know. is true crime, not just true weird children's show. That sounds like a great show. Next week, when we're true <laughs> weird children, where we just tell true stories of adolescents <laughs> who just don't fit in the end. Well, as the years go on, I say years, it wasn't very long. These, these people are in high school, so this wasn't a super long time. Um, but as the time progresses, Jaden says that he notices that Rod's behavior is getting a little bit more on the dark side. And one of the things that he says in a documentary I watched was that vampires, true vampires, embrace their dark side and know how to basically hone it or hide it or use it for good. And um, Rod was not doing that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Rod was not doing that. Uh, Rod would do kind of weird things or talk about unsettling topics. And there was one account that Rod talks about in an interview where they're walking along they used to walk in groups and just talk at night and they would have meetups and things like that and just walk around. I'm I'm assuming Murray, Kentucky is not a metropolis. So there's not a lot to do in a small town except that, to be honest. Really what they're doing is stand by me, live action role playing. If it's just a bunch of adolescents who are troubled walking around talking about life. (laughs) This does, this whole story does make me think of the lost boys, but um, so (laughs) the incident that, that Rod and Jaden both talk about, they're all walking in a group and Rod finds a, a kitten walking along. He picks it up. He's just kind of like petting it. Well, the cat scratches him and his reaction is to say, you see that tree over there? And he grabs the kitten by the neck and he slings it against the tree and, and essentially kills it. Awful. What yes. do we have here? Cruelty to animals? What could that indicate in the future? Something good hmm. probably, right? Yeah. Yeah, probably... Um, advocacy work maybe some charity <laughs> events um you know standing up for children i don't know that's usually where Stand, that leads standing up for trees i don't know who's the victim in this one <laughs> why do they have to get the tree involved that's all i'm saying i know <laughs> well part of rod's issue i think was just a lot of it came from his his upbringing and his home life of course i mean that that and he's a teenager not making an excuse but i think that kind of differentiates him between his other vampire peers who aren't as bad off as that. (laughs) Well, Um, in fairness, like Sandra Gibson, his mother, like you said, she was 16. She was already into all this shit. She was already into, she like, she goes by the name star. Like they all have like mm -hmm. a street name, but it's like, you know, a nerdy, a nerdy goth kid name. So she's star or whatever. Yes. And she was, she, at one point I heard her testimony in the later trial, just saying she, at one point she goes, you know, I I was, uh, I was doing drugs and then, and then the prosecutor's like, you know, which drugs were you doing? And she goes, like, all of them? <laughs> <laughs> I did all the everything. She goes, if I could get my hands on it, I, I did it. And so oh my also, also, correct me if I'm wrong in this, as I so often am. But at one point, wasn't she, like, in trouble for, like, doing some kind of ritual with Rod when he was 14 or something? He was a minor. It was like. I don't think it was. Me. I don't think it was Rod, but it, it was, was a. Okay. She was soliciting a sexual act with a with a minor, with a fourteen year old, during one of these rituals. Just to be clear, that's pedophilia. I don't want to like you know sweep that under the yep. rug. So she's she's a drug drug doing pedophile, pedophile. You know, not a great mom. 
And his dad wants absolutely nothing to do with him. So that's the scenario well, that Rod's coming yeah. from. My son was a vampire. I might not have a lot of good things to say about <laughs> it. Well, I think that puts the mindset of, um, and Rod talks about this, where he just felt really like out of place. And these types of groups often are filled with um, people who feel outcasts and they so yes, in order to feel included he becomes a vampire in kentucky <clears throat> right okay all right just right <laughs> must have been in... we're here in kentucky it's vampire time i got you i got you so uh part of part of the deal with his mom is that she would also go back and forth between a place called eustace florida and murray kentucky so throughout rod's life he would intermittently be in Eustis for a spell and then go back to Kentucky and was that a pun? Oh my god. It it wasn't, but it can be. <laughs> I don't think vampires cast spells, but well sorry. Um, You're right. Get it right. Anyway, get your fake creatures right. Sorry. So <laughs> so while he's in Eustis, he does attend high school there. Um I'm not really quite sure how long, but long enough to make friends and also um kind of date. Here and there. Oh, nice. He, yep, he. Pr pretty, pretty good for a guy his age of five hundred years. So. <laughs> yes, he's scoring those teenagers at five hundred years old. Yes. Um. <laughs> so, he writes these letters, like these love note letters, and um, the the main player in this is one of his girlfriends, but one that he had before or at the same time i'm not sure uh he would write her letters about how he fantasized of they kind of started off normal like wanting to be with her they're like typical teenage love notes but it kind of escalated when he started talking about wanting to cross his mom over and like that's the, not good that the ceremony good. especially considering what she did with a 14 year old i'm just yeah just gonna i'm gonna be honest know. with you i'm not a vampire at all and i don't want to do any ceremonies with my mom at all like none ceremonies are good <laughs> i can't think of a single ceremony i don't even like want to like go to a boat show with her that's two ceremonies for me and my mom <laughs> a boat show i don't know <laughs> anyway this is the kind of stuff he's trying to convince her essentially to become a vampire with him and he's like i will cross you over um i love you be my bride blah 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 well her parents find this and essentially they're like uh eh, you're done with that with that kid right yeah i would do the same thing like we don't hang out with the undead in this family honey you know yeah sorry. No. and sorry. um i i grew up very very close to where this happened I grew up in the town to the north of it. Like, I remember when I was growing up, this was like a thing that people talked about. It was like the creepy, spooky, ooky thing that everybody would always talk about. And who knew there was a spooky part of Florida? You know, <laughs> for the rest of the country, it's beaches and orange juice and Mickey Mouse, but I guess it's just got a seedy underbelly, huh? I would love to do a Florida episode with conservative ant where we talk about just the conspiracies and the creepy stuff and the paranormal stuff that comes out of florida i could go on and on about it but you i digress do that, you don't want to do that show with me like i don't like conspiracies well you and i can go go on night shift together i then. guess i don't know how to do that but... <laughs> well we'll figure it out later anyway um oh, trying to cut me out go ahead well my point in saying no, no, that is it, that no tell anthony okay i was moving on john my point in saying all of that is that um i grew up in the area so 
it's not as Bible belty as Murray, Kentucky, but it's certainly very Christian. It's very conservative, very um, traditional. So this kind of behavior was just pretty much not welcomed anywhere <laughs> that he went to, which I can't imagine where it would be welcome, except maybe in like L.A. or something like that. But um, yeah, L.A. vampires. That makes even more sense. Yes. There's a lot of them out there, actually. But anyway, well, how do they survive in the sun? I just curious <laughs> minds want to know. It's like the sunniest part of California. The vampires I know. So anyway, he he befriends another girl. They go to high school together. Um, her name is Heather. And he maintains a relationship with her when he goes back to Kentucky. They, they talk on the phone all the time. They write letters. They correspond on a regular basis. One of the things that Heather's sister, Jennifer, talks about is that she noticed a... I know, I'm sorry. She noticed a, a very distinct difference in her younger sister about the time she started um, making friends with this Rod fellow. Mm -hmm. She was always kind of like off, I guess, but she started like dressing in all black. She tied like a noose around her backpack to wear to school. She was very defiant, very com combative with their parents. Hmm. Just, you know, stuff that you would might think is typical teenage stuff. But this was very suspicious to Jennifer in the long run because of this guy that, you know, she was basically dating. Yeah. And he's always standing in the shadow and they invited him over for for a, a family supper. But when he found out it was going to be Italian food, there would probably be garlic there. He said he had to say no and he couldn't go and all that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we, all, we can all relate to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here, eat your spaghetti with this pure silver. <laughs> or is that werewolves? I think that's werewolves. We're getting our... Well, neither one out. of us like it, you know, to be honest, you know. That's true. <laughs> so anyway, um, time time progresses and, and Heather is getting more and more mysterious and suspicious and all that. At some point in time, um, Rod and his friends from Kentucky, they're realizing, well, we're not really welcome here. We should get out of here. And they start talking about a place that I don't know if you know, um, but New Orleans. Does that sound familiar to you? I've heard of it. Isn't it a major city in the state of Louisiana? So you I don't yeah. know what you, I, don't, I don't know what you're getting at. Of course, I've heard of New Orleans. <laughs> That's the yeah, I'm trying to make a joke. I anyway. <laughs> So they decide they're going to run away and go to New Orleans because apparently there's at this time there was like a growing uh, vampire community. And they and this, is, this is before the HBO series True Blood, because I'm pretty sure that's set in New Orleans, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it is. And New Orleans obviously has a lot of uh, supernatural stuff and uh, history and things like that there as well. So Saints winning the Super Bowl, the Battle of New Orleans happening two weeks after the War of 1812 is over. Uh, they put yes. they put uh, something weird in their chicory in their coffee. It's weird. <laughs> Beignets. That's a thing. <laughs> Carly's dog. Carly's dog. <laughs> uh, people guaranteeing things. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, that's great. Um, anyway, so their plan, their big major plan, was to go out there and then eventually go to a castle and in Europe somewhere. But along finally, the way, finally, finally it makes sense. Their damn plan is bothering me this entire time. But now they're like, we're going to go to a castle in Europe. Finally. Thank you. Yes. 
So along the way, they're going to stop and pick up Heather because she wants to go. Sweet. So they get there. Um, I believe they take um, Scott, who's one of the people, one of the kids that went with Rod. It was Scott, Charity, and Dana who went to Florida with, with Rod. Scott's vehicle was like kind of crappy. I think they blew a tire at one point and it was on a donut tire. So they're talking to Heather and they, they devise a plan where they're going to steal Heather's parents' car and use that to take them to New Orleans. Good idea. Yeah. I mean, what if you're go wrong, yeah. if you're a teenage vampire, that's a great, I don't know why you couldn't just fly there. But... Uh, yeah. I know. I, I just, to me, the criminal behavior is unfortunate because vampires, you know, by and large, good community. They like, they're good neighbors. They pay taxes. And now you've got this guy pretending, you know, first of all, he's calling himself Visago. His name's already Roderick, which is a pretty vampire name to me. Why don't you just get go by Roderick? Uh, and now he, <laughs> he's uh, he's picking up Heather, taking her across state lines, uh, hypothetically, and he's going to steal a car. It's just not a good look for vampire kind. So I guess, you know, my heart goes out to him. They just can't get any good press. It's so tough these days. I know, especially with those werewolves out there competing mm-hmm. against them and Mm-hmm. people trying to hunt them and whatnot mm-hmm. anyway so they get <laughs> so they get to eustace florida where heather's residing with her parents and heather comes out to meet them she tells them where the keys are and rod and scott enter the home and which someone made a good point about this in in a podcast and i was like oh that's actually I didn't think about that but why would you not just take the keys out with you? Why would you send in your your friend, your boyfriend to go? And that kind of plays into it later. So I'm just making that note now, bookmarking it. I'm thinking about it, yeah. So, <laughs> so Rod, based on Rod's account, he says that him and Scott go in through the garage. And when they enter the home, he sees her father laying on the couch. Is that Richard Wendorf we're talking about? Yes, Richard Wendorf. Her mother's name is, she goes by Ruth. I think her real name is Norma. It's Naomi Naomi. Queen. Naomi Naomi Queen. Queen. So here we have someone whose name is Queen. This is, and Wendorf also sounds like a castle. Like, wouldn't wouldn't they go to Castle Wendorf? Maybe that's remarking. I'm just remarking that we seem to have a lot of uh, fanciful things going on here. Like, I'm not trying to make light, I guess, of the victims. Like, you never want to do that. But it's just interesting to me. Their names, they have cool names. Maybe that's why he was attracted to Heather in the first place, because he saw her last name and was like, you must be a vampire. Heather Wendorf, yes. So Rod and Scott enter the home. They see Richard on the couch. He says that the TV is really loud. This is like a notable thing. Mm Mm-hmm. So as they're walking by, Rod, he's got a crowbar, which if you, <laughs> why do you have that? Well, if, if I, I just want to make sure you don't miss this part, because I, I, as far as true crime goes, I love this. He had, had expressed some intent to drive a crowbar into Richard Wendorf. Now, I don't know if you've ever held a crowbar or tried to drive anything <laughs> into a person, but it's not like an ideal tool. It's, you know, it's not. It's not like an ice pick or like a steak, you know, which, first of all, killing him in a vampire fashion is ironic and rude. I don't know. Keep going. (laughs) 
So he walks by, he sees him lying on the couch. He has his crowbar, he's inspired. He walks over and he whacks Richard in the head with it. I'm assuming well, he's doing well, he's, this. Well, he's still asleep, which is not, not cool. I don't know if he was actually sleeping. That was that was what I heard that it, that he hit him while he was asleep, and it, he hit him so hard that it, like he almost knocked him out. So poor Richard is like he gets hit, and then he's just like dazed. Mm-hmm. And then because Rod knew that like well you know I'm a 17 year old kid, and despite the fact that I have phantasmagoric vampire powers, I'm obviously not going to be able to overpower this human mortal who is less than me. Um, you know, obviously he should just be able to like pick him up and by the sure. throat and whatever. He can't do that. So he's like, well, it's now or never. So. He decides to beat the ever-loving shit out of Richard, and Richard's beaten to death, which is yes. awful. He, Rod says that he was worried that Richard was going to wake up and beat his ass, and so yeah. he killed him. And not yeah. only did he beat him in the head repeatedly, he took the crowbar, the the pointy end, not the bent end, and he stabbed Richard in the chest with it because he was still breathing. So Ugh. Rod Rod was intending to kill him. As, mm. Maybe. It, there's a debate on whether it was premeditated. Um, well, I believe it the re- was. <laughs> the reason for the debate is this. Okay, so you got a bunch of spooky kids all hanging out together, playing their weird live-action role-play vampire shit, and they're all, like, cutting each other and drinking each other's blood, and this is all okay because it's just a lifestyle choice. Well, Heather, you know, she's a teenage girl, and she's not getting along with her parents. And, of course, you know, I guess after one particular bad weekend, which I relate to because I remember the worst times of my life as a high schooler was actually the weekend when I had to spend time with my parents. I come to school on Monday and Heather's going through this too where she's just like, man, you know, I hate my parents. My parents won't let me do anything. My parents won't let me do what I want to do. She wants independence from them. She wants to be away from them. Um, and she goes, you know, the only way I'm ever going to get that is if somebody kills them. And of course, the spooky little cult club thing or whatever, they're like, oh, well, you know, we'll kill them. We'll, you know, we'll. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they talk a lot of shit, you know, like kids talk a bunch of shit like, like they're big or they're going to do something. Of course, Rod already being a cat-killing psychopath takes this to heart. And so now there's kind of a debate in the community of people who have talked about this is did Heather know? Did Heather sign did did she essentially set up this hit on her own parents? Did she just vent and say, Well, I hated them, I wanted them dead, but I didn't really think he would do it, you know? And then and then when she's uh, interviewed about it, she goes, she says something very strange. She said, you know, she said, I told I told Rod I wanted them alive, which is like so in other words, you did discuss them being dead at some point because you wouldn't just randomly say, Rod, I want my parents to live. You know, that's contextual of a conversation about them dying. So I don't know if maybe Rod offered to kill them or if she she said something about it. But I guess they had long conversations on the phone about how uh, her situation at home wasn't very good. You know, the thing is, is that even if their relationship between her and her parents was abusive, they didn't deserve to get murdered. Heather doesn't need to be rescued. She could turn 18 or she can get separated from these folks when you're a high schooler you feel like everything that's going on in front of you is going to last for the rest of your life and then right now when you're 17 when you're 18 or whatever it is you are that right now is the most important part of your life and it's the only part that matters and all those i could see her running off at the mouth and rod obviously just not having normal boundaries because he's a pretty screwed up guy you know going over and doing it so i don't know do you think uh, maybe this is a question i should save for the end but do you think heather put him up to this or do you think she suggested it and then when it actually happened she felt bad about it and tried to buy it back or like what are your feelings on heather i think that heather is um she looking at the family she comes from i think that she was just very naive and i'm not saying that to 
displace blame off of her. I'm saying that because I think that she probably didn't think that that was actually going to be a thing. I think she she was getting swept up in this weird teenage romance with this dark and mysterious guy that could kill her parents and, and rescue her from her horrible situation with her loving parents. Um, this is why Twilight is in such bad taste. Keep going. <laughs> Twilight is, is garbage. I joke about liking it, but it is garbage. Um, I think that she... I don't think she ever sat down and maliciously was like really thought about her parents being murdered. I think it was similar to a Gypsy Rose scenario where she just comes from this like really not sheltered, but comfortable life. I mean, Gypsy Rose was very sheltered. I'm talking about Heather. <laughs> um, she came from a very comfortable life with no real problems. And she meets this boy who just shatters that world for her. And I think that she just gets swept up in it. And I've never fantasized about killing my parents, but as a teenage girl, I can relate to that in a way. And I don't Plus think teenage girls, teenage girls always like the bad boy. That's why I didn't get any, any dating at all done in high school. Cause I was the nice guy. They always liked the vampires. <laughs> also, I, I just said as go ahead. <laughs> I wasn't drinking anybody's blood. So, you know, just, couldn't get any, couldn't get lucky no. in high school. No. I also just described myself as a teenage girl. And I'm not saying when I was one at some point, I could relate to that fe that feeling of getting swept up in something because you like a yeah. boy. And it would be it would be preposterous to think that you were immortal. So you're obviously not a teenager <laughs> anymore. So yeah. Um, I'm no vampire for sure. Mm. I think that's what happened. And I think that um she genuinely was surprised when it happened but at the same time i think i think she just let things go too far and she was definitely complicit in it for sure i think um, so too whether yeah. whether this whole thing was a ruse to get him to come down and murder her parents i don't think so i think it just was one of those things that snowballed and got out of her control and she liked the attention she was getting from rod and feeling special and i just think that's yeah. what happened that sounds perfectly right it sounds like uh they all took it all a little bit too seriously. Like they knew the vampire shit was fake, but they all just bought into it. And like, you mm -hmm. you know, there's one guy there that's bought in deeper a little bit than everyone else because they're all just committed to the fantasy or, or the quote unquote romanticism of being in a vampire clan together. Mm -hmm. They're all just kind of, they're all just kind of blind to the, to the danger that he poses to people. There's a reason why that stuff is fantasy and stays in fiction. Cause you can't, do that shit in real life it doesn't work because we live in you're reality actually, you're actually not allowed to like the police will prosecute being yeah. a vampire if you kill if you go and bite their neck and drink their blood you're going to jail man it's very it's discriminatory it's not gonna work out for you no <laughs> not no i don't know why um, yeah so rod says that scott when this when this happened when he killed richard Scott was in absolute shock. And when he when he does his interview from jail, Rod, he talks about how, like, Scott's never seen violence in a dead body. He's never seen real. Like, trying to say that I know I have experience in that. And he was just being, a, I think he called him a pussy. I might, I might be wrong. But essentially, that's what he was saying. Um, and then he also said that they did some sort of death dance. So I don't really know how shocked... Is that that death dance? Is that what you were doing at the beginning of the show? Yes. Am I doing it correctly, by the way? 
If you keep going, you're going to summon something. So I'd stop if I oh, were you. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I want a, a fucking vampire to show up here. <laughs> Nosferatu just like appears behind you. <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> anyway, so Rod and Scott go, they move through the house to get the keys and they are confronted by Ruth, who was just getting out of the shower. Ruth sees them. Obviously, they're intruders and she fights back. She has coffee in her hand. She dumps that all over Rod. She, <laughs> she, um, which when he's talking about it, he was very insulted by this. So what, what I know I saw that. Like, like she, she like threw coffee. I'd be like, well, you beat her husband to death. While, while she was just trying to shower, which is what any honest American would do. He's the husband sleeping on the couch, which, you know, I know it's what we all long for. I wish I could nap on the couch without being beaten to death by someone who thinks they're a vampire. I know. <laughs> so when Ruth attacks him, he says that she's got him like her nails are in his skin. She's fighting back. She's really like going at it. And he takes oh, the crowbar yeah. and he, he starts stabbing her in the back of the head with it. Oh, that's uh, not good. You're not going to. Nails aren't going to win against crowbar. No. No. And he beats her to death with uh, the crowbar. Fuck. After they commit the murders, they take the keys. They leave in the Wendorf's Ford Explorer. They head towards Baton Rouge. While they are in the car, shortly after they leave the residence, they inform Heather that they murdered her parents. And apparently her reaction was very like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. So that's I wonder another how reason. they told her, like, we got good news and bad news for you. Or like, what would you say? You're like, good news, like you're free from your parents or like bad news there. I murdered them. Or like, how do you phrase the that? job? Is like, done. Just, yeah. Or like, yeah, like mission complete. Or like, I had a side quest, like a side quest. <laughs> well, I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't, it, there again, it depends on whether or not she knew that was the plan. But I mean, you know, she was. Well, if if he eventually pleads guilty to felony murder, if she was there and she knew that he was going to steal the car, by the way, the felony murder applies to him because the theft of the car is a felony and the murder which occurred in the course of the felony means everyone involved in that enterprise, everyone in the car could be charged with felony murder. So good luck getting out of this one, Heather. Yeah. And the other thing that I when I mentioned the keys, um, if you didn't have any intention of that happening. Also, Rod's carrying a crowbar. It's not really that easy to conceal one. Like no. she had, she knew that something was yeah. happening. Maybe she didn't want him to kill them, but I think that yeah. she knew some sort of harm was going to befall her parents and yeah. at the hands at her, maybe not request, but she allowed it to happen. So yeah, she, she at least, she at least failed to take decent or right action to stop it. Yes. So um, they leave for Baton Rouge. Uh, her older sister, Jennifer, she comes home pretty late, and unfortunately, she gets to be the one to discover her parents bludgeoned oh, to death. Oh, it's, it's always something awful with finding a bludgeoned person like that. Between that and like the Golden State Killer, and last week when the cops find the Tote family, and some trauma out there. Keep going. Yeah, it's horrible. So obviously, Jennifer calls nine one one. Law enforcement comes out. She did just hang out with them for weeks, right? Yeah, <laughs> build a shrine, take some yeah. Benadryl. Mm -hmm. She 
uh, from a law enforcement perspective, you're coming to, you're coming out to this, this home. And, and again, this Eustace, even back in the nineties, I would imagine I was only born two years before this. So <laughs> I don't know how it was, but very, um, like I said, very old fashioned, it's rural. It's very slow. It's like a Southern living type of a situation. Um, and these kinds of things just don't happen. Obviously people get murdered. Obviously horrible things do occur, but it's not very often. No, and usually I, I, not I would bet. I would bet the when you see the uniform crime report from the FBI from this town, still vampire crimes probably still only like one in that column. You know, very yep. uncommon. One hundred percent, just the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, the margin of error is probably like two percent, so it's like you just you put some number in there. Um, just a real quick side note: a few years ago, there was um, a problem in that county, very close to Eustis, with body snatching. Oh, or grave shit. robbing. And they were very afraid that this was research, like this vampire thing was resurfacing. No one has been murdered because of that yet, but that's that, a that thing. Is very, well, that is very ignorant, especially about vampires, because vampires do not unearth the dead. That is what ghouls do. And ghouls do that to feast. So even if you have a ghoul unearthing a dead person, it is no different than a large whale like eating plankton or shrimp from the sea. They need to do what they do for their nature that's how they eat so don't but also just don't put it on the vampire community that's ridiculous like that's just more stereotypes and more hate going around and it's exactly what the news media is stirring up bullshit woke policies can't stand it anymore anyway it was a ghoul go ahead it's like the ultimate race war that they're just formulating based on misinformation and fear they're fear-mongering essentially mm-hmm. trying to blame the vampires for this yes. um when really it's the ghouls. And I think, um, you know, that's Ed Gein was a ghoul, obviously. Yes. So anyway, that was a problem that did happen very recently. (laughs) So, uh, but from a law enforcement perspective, you come to the scene, there's two people that have been bludgeoned to death. One daughter just came home to find this. And the other one is missing. Their vehicle is missing. So this is a, this is a pretty serious thing. Um, obviously i would be treating it as a home invasion yeah which are you are you going to wait kidnapping. around for a couple hours before you let the fbi know like at Keddie cabin where you you have you find a full a family murdered and one missing and you just don't do anything about that yeah <laughs> there's no proof that she's missing so whatever <laughs> yeah she probably just ran off into the woods cuz she was scared yeah there's no proof she was kidnapped even though she's a minor and isn't here and has no form of communication or no real reason to leave it's fine <laughs> and her yes. parents have been bludgeoned to death stop um, bashing the police you're always against them not the police the fbi oh yes okay we could be against them so <laughs> jk in case you're listening um so <laughs> this is <laughs> this is like this is a this is a big problem and and you're gonna start entering uh this stuff into ncic and FCIC, obviously, the Florida, um, the statewide one. You're going to be doing probably, obviously, for the vehicle and then for Heather. Mm-hmm. So Missing missing person, endangered, felony vehicle. Yes. Yep, all and, that it's stuff. A, yep. and it's an Amber Alert because she's under 18. There you go. Amber Alert. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know if if I don't want to give Rod too much credit, but apparently they switched the tags on the vehicle. So I don't know if that was because <laughs> they knew that was going to happen. I doubt it. Here's the thing. It's just a police officer arriving to the scene sees that vehicle that they took to get there sitting there. He's going to run the tag. He's going to see that it's not a match for the vehicle. I mean, they're going to realize that the Wendorf vehicle is missing. So it's a felony vehicle. Or it's a stolen vehicle. Some other police officer is going to run this tag at some point and see that it's not a match and that also the license plate is stolen. And then it comes back to this, you know, this felony that took place. I just, there, I, one of the podcasts I listened to that is actually one of the better ones. It's not the horrible one that makes me feel like I have bees in my brain. They mentioned that they got pulled over quite a bit. And, but it just doesn't make sense to me because these days, like if you're driving around, you have substitute plates. Like at least here, you're going to get arrested for that. In California, they just wish you good luck. But like, I don't know how, you know, they could evade well, detection from law enforcement. I don't know. But that's apparently what happened. Yeah. And that's just, that's if they even got pulled over because. Rod says they got pulled over. And then, of course, Rod says he was so charming and he just turned on his I'm just a kid facade that he charmed his way out of these encounters. And that's just not how that works. If you. I, I have a it, quick question for you that I just thought of that just doesn't make any sense at all. OK, OK. Vampire lore. You'll see this in all the movies and all the books. And there's a rationale behind it. If you're a vampire. You cannot come inside unless you're invited. The reason for this is that the rationale is, is that you can't have evil in your life unless you welcome it, right? Unless you choose sin. So when he went into the house without being invited, didn't he be like, man, I must not be a vampire. Isn't that like the basic litmus test of like you can go in somewhere where you're not welcome? I hate to circle back to that, but it just occurred to me that he should have like, he should have realized like, I'm not a vampire. I got to, I got to figure my shit out. It's a great question, and I think that 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 singular question unravels this entire thing. I think it. I think it's the thread that, <laughs> that unfolds it all. Rod, we, what were you thinking, <laughs> Roderick? Well, I think that also his lack of knowledge of vampire statutes is probably what got him um, ostracized from the Kentucky faction of this vampire. You got to know the laws. Yeah, you got to know the bylaws. Um, <laughs> he didn't read up on his case law, and he didn't. He didn't study. So I think that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really and more of a vampire than him. You kind of are. I mean, I would not be surprised if it came out that you were a vampire at some point. Maybe a reformed, like a converted, yeah, like an ex-vampire. Uh, I'm just, I'm just not orthodox vampire. Yeah, I, I know the rules, but you know, it's different now. Keep going. I want to hear the rest of the gotcha. story. I keep interrupting. <laughs> so they make it out to Louisiana. Um, they go to Baton Rouge and one of the girls calls her one of her parents. And I'm assuming, I don't know. I did not look into this. As I'm saying this, I realized that I have no idea. I am assuming that the parents of these minors have probably contacted law enforcement at some point and said, Hey, my kids are gone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, because it's I'm sure that. I'm sure her grandmother found out. Yeah, she, she they had run out of money, right? Because they, you know, being a vampire ain't cheap and it doesn't pay. Um, <laughs> so they contact grandma up somewhere up up north, and she goes, "Yeah, I'll wire you some money to a very specific place at a very specific time." Yes, and, uh, and they called law and enforcement. Then, 
they called the law enforcement down and uh, wherever these people are were at wherever they got hooked up and said hey you know the people you're looking for my my granddaughter uh, this is where she's going to be and so uh, it's just funny because uh, you know obviously they're in the lamb i don't know why she thought grandma would help her evade capture you know after this murder and vehicle theft took place but uh basically the kids are so naive and so whatever that uh grandma's able to basically arrange a meeting between them and law enforcement out of yes. howard johnson hotel the old <laughs> hojo so they're met by law enforcement they're taken into custody and ex not expedited extradited back to florida they're expedited back well both <laughs> both both make sense they're expedited back back from whence they came in vampire por- parlance extradited back to the sunshine state also a yes. very again weird place for a vampire to be that's a good point it's literally in the name they could not be doing this more wrong i'm furious they really should have um they really should have brought you into the, the family I know. john I you know. would have said well, what, what was i doing in 1996 though you know what Nothing were you fun. doing in 1996? <laughs> Nothing, because I wasn't even in school in 96. That was sixth grade year. That was a year where I didn't even go to school. So like I was just watching the prices, right? So was it? All right. Very good. Mm-hmm. So they're brought True. back to <laughs> they're brought back to Florida. All of the all of them are arrested. Heather is released a short time later, I'm assuming, because they all just kind of were like, oh, she had nothing to do with it. Now, the she other. She cried alligator tears. Yeah. The or crocodile tears. Which one? Crocodile. Is it? Crocodile tears. Okay. Which one's in Florida? Both of them? Both. Unfortunately, now <laughs> they're both here. <laughs> um, she was uh, one of the other kids that was with them, I guess, talked about her reaction when they told her they broke the news that her parents were dead. And that was one of that was the one that was like, oh, she clearly didn't know because she was so upset, um, and she just got off, I guess. So she she was released. Um, the two girls, I cannot remember what happened to them. I don't think they served much time, if they served any. But Scott and Rod go to trial. I think one. I think uh, let's see. Uh... Charity Keys was convicted of two counts of third-degree murder, robbery with a gun, deadly weapon, and burglary armed with a weapon or explosive. She was sentenced to 10 and a half years. Dana Cooper, also present, was convicted of those charges as well, but was given a 17 and a half year sentence. Anderson, he was the one who was present with Rod when he did the beating. He was convicted of the same charges as Rod and was sentenced to life in prison. Uh, but those charges or those those sentences were amended at later points. I'll talk, to, I'll talk about Rod's in a minute, but I guess uh, with Farrell, um, or Farrell was the youngest man to get his sense, but uh, his accomplice, I keep forgetting his name. I'm saying Anderson. Scott, Scott Anderson. He, uh, his charges were reduced and the family wasn't against that. I think that they saw that, you know, he was someone that was taken along for the ride. And uh, so the family, the family of the Wendorfs didn't oppose him, his charges getting reduced in the future. That's what happened with those guys. And that's the, I feel like that's a major, um, like validation that Scott was just kind of there and Rod just took it way too far because if, if the family is okay with that, unless I don't know why this would be the case, I have, it doesn't make sense. So as I'm saying, this this is probably wrong, but unless it was some sort of deal where it was like, well, if we, 
if we put Rod up for the death penalty, would you be okay with us dropping this one? But I don't think that that's, that doesn't no. sound right. <laughs> no, he got, he got life in prison and then uh, it was commuted to 40 years. So he'll be eligible for release in 2031 is the status with uh, Scott Anderson. Okay. Very good. Very good. Um, so we're at the point in the story where we can kind of talk about Rod's court uh, debacle and all of that stuff. Rod pretty much admits to it. He takes pretty much full responsibility for it. Um, Jaden is heartbroken over this because he sure. he was very disappointed that Rod was stupid enough to take it to this to this point. And one thing that I wanted to talk about real quick was um, one of the things that Jaden said in the documentary was. He was talking about taking revenge on a family member, like how he would kill for to avenge a family member, as I think a lot of people would. Um, and he's he's talking about how I'm only saying this because I thought it was funny, but he was talking about how he would cut them up because firing a gun is like for pussies, is what he said. <laughs> Shooting people is for pussies. So come on now, yeah, that's tough guy talk. <laughs> I've read that. Do you have any idea how many detective books I've read that in? Like any pussy could shoot a gun. You know. I know. Like, how about how about a smart person doesn't get into a knife fight? Like we don't ever talk about that. You know. I know. I know. It's ridiculous. Um. So anyway, <laughs> Rod takes full responsibility for this. If you watch him do the interviews and 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 talk about it, he's very. There's a psychot there somebody one of the experts, one of the mental health experts that testifies in the trial, they do say that they believe Rod has remorse. I'm gonna trust that expert testimony, but watching him talk about it, I don't think that he does. It could just be yeah. he's got a malfunction and he doesn't express um, emotion very well, but he seems very proud yeah. of himself. And he seems like he thinks that he's a badass. Yeah. So I don't believe that he has remorse, but that's just me. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of connecting it back to what I was saying at the top of the show, you know, Charles Manson thought that he was a badass. He never had remorse for anything. He was completely institutionalized to the prison life. And, you know, uh, he liked, he liked the people were weirded out by him and, and afraid by him. He would do, he would behave intentionally, strangely just to, to feed into his own reputation. So this could be a little bit of that where, he always wanted to be a, a big man and so he beat up these two people and everyone's appalled by it. And so he can't escape he can't escape that label as being this murderer, so he's just gonna wear it, you know. Yeah, I killed mm -hmm. him and you know. The other thing is uh just mentioning his, the way that it went down with his conviction, the trial was set to begin. So at some point, you know, an initial plea of not guilty had been entered, which just means you want to have a trial. And then uh, they're getting they're getting all warmed up. And then all of a sudden, uh, the defense attorney is like, hey, I don't mean to interrupt you guys. Like, this has been a great trial. <laughs> However, my client has something to say. And, and he's just like, can we wrap this up? I plead guilty. You know, and the judge is just like, you know, when you plead guilty, you know, the judge is going to, first of all, they're going to make sure the state actually has evidence against you. They're not just going to accept a guilty plea without evidence. And they're going to say, like, are you aware of what you're doing? Are you aware that you're pleading guilty? He goes, yeah, it's me. Yeah, I did. It's it fine. You know, I just uh, I'll, I'll accept responsibility for it. The thing is, if you had a good lawyer, the lawyer would say, don't just plead guilty. P make a plea deal with the state's attorney, and they're going to totally take this based on the fact that you're a minor. Plead guilty in exchange for taking the death penalty off the table. However, that is not what happened. So this chump fake vampire guy, Rod, Fer Rod Farrell, says, I'm guilty. 
And they're like, okay, well, you pled guilty. We're going to enter that, which means we're going to go to the sentencing phase next. So this all goes before a jury. The jury sees everything that he did, that he pled guilty to it, that he killed these two people with a crowbar. And they're like, 12 to 0, death penalty. So shit. This idiot Rod gets the death penalty without even trying to bargain for his life. <laughs> and, and, and eventually, eventually uh, his sentence was commuted to life because Florida changed its statutes about the way that it handles minors. And since he was convicted as a minor, even though it seems like an ex post facto law to me, I don't really fully understand because I refuse to look into it very deeply because this is a vampire case. His, his, he's committed to life and sent his, his life, his sentence is life in prison. So <laughs> hopefully he's not immortal because we are going to be feeding him for thousands of years. I don't think we know what we're quite, what we're taking on in terms of finance to the state of Florida. If we're, if we, can you imagine though, isn't that like something that happened in an interview with a vampire where like, one guy's immortal and like he gets locked in a casket and he's just in there forever because he's immortal and just can't get out. I don't know if I, you saw that movie. I think I have, but it's it's been a hot minute. All I think about is uh, Barnabas, but from from uh, Dark Shadows. <laughs> yeah, that's not the same. But no, uh, it isn't. <laughs> but anyway, so this guy Rod Farrell, also called uh, what was his vampire name? Uh, Vis Visego. <laughs> yes, that, that sounds familiar. It, sound, it, sound, it sounds like um, sounds like a like a pill that you would take for some kind of problem. It does. Ask your doctor if Visego is right for you. Um. Anyway, <laughs> what else do you say? The psycho kid who didn't have any guidance likens himself to a vampire. Somehow gets falls in with people who think otherwise because of his dipshit mom who thinks she's a some kind of a cult person. They're all wandering around Kentucky and Florida acting like idiots, and then two people get killed, and it's all for no reason. Yeah, it was absolutely for no reason at all. This is a very yeah. senseless... I mean, most murders are senseless. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, there's, but... you know, there's, there's, there's times where like, you could at least see somebody's side and they're justified, but this guy went in there and killed him because he wanted to. Heather, you know, Even if Heather had demanded it, he had no reason to do that. If they're really on the road to go out there to New Orleans to start a new coven of vampires, he had no reason to kill him. He just did it because he wanted to. He's an yep. asshole. Absolutely. 100%. I agree. Does this take us so... to my favorite favorite segment of the show? Please. Let's yes. do it. For those of, those of you who are not aware, uh, Kendra is a former police officer and 911 dispatcher. What makes us different than other true crime podcasts is that we understand the law enforcement side of it. We know how investigations go. We don't just blame the cops every time something goes wrong because we understand the problems are asymmetrical and you have to find a way to investigate it to get to the truth. And sometimes it doesn't work out in an hour like other shows. Other shows are stupid and other shows uh, just criticize and mock things. And uh, maybe they shouldn't be doing that. So let's go ahead and go to other podcasts, Stupidest Takes which is my favorite part of the show. Go ahead and roll Actually, in one of the documentaries I was watching, a guy who owns a place called Circus Skate there. But in the, and actually this is really funny, because in the documentary, he was talking about this whole, you know, this whole murder that ends up happening, and he described it as these extreme, ready, this is how, no. Oh, I'm, no. I'm assuming he meant anomalies, and he said what anomalies. No. Yep. Keep your anomalies so away from me. Keep, my, keep your anomalies away from me. Yeah. Like anomalies. First of all, I was dying at because I, I was like, really, dude. And, and he said it like laughing. several times. I was like, that's not a slip of the tongue. So they don't like this guy because he's a Christian conservative, and uh, they don't like that he's very judgmental, and they don't like that Kentucky is the Bible Belt, and they don't like that Flor Florida tends to not be very progressive, and they're gonna they're gonna sit here and. 
Uh, they're going to be mad at this guy who had the audacity to say, you know, maybe we just shouldn't even have vampires around here. This guy who owns the skate park said, you know, they don't, they're not fit to be in society. But because he's, you know, has conservative values and, and, and they labeled him a Christian, I think, without much proof, they're, they're going to make fun of him for the way that he talks. It's just it's it's hitting below the belt. So the guy doesn't know how to pronounce a word. That happens sometimes. It doesn't mean that you're stupid unless maybe it does. Uh, Rod says, my bedroom was an array of the darker side of the occult, such as the Necronomicon, the Satanic Bible. By the way, I found it, I just want to let you guys know what the Necronomicon is, because I, I remember reading about it somewhere, and I don't know if everybody knows what it is. Uh, but the Necronomicon, Necronomicon. Oh, <laughs> sorry. You don't know how to pronounce Necronomicon. Well, here's a Christian guy and a conservative guy that you would probably look down on telling you that it's pretty stupid that you've got a nice morbid little podcast there and you don't know what the Book of the Dead is, that you have to look it up in Wikipedia and that you mispronounced it several times. It wasn't a slip of the tongue. But thanks for playing. Thanks for making fun of someone that you judge as being less than you when you're really no better. On the other hand, things can always get much worse. The quiet worse. night here was shattered on November 25th, 1996. Murder. Even more alarming, a double murder. They're found bludgeoned to death in a grisly scene. And the suspects? Vampires. Not just any vampires. Teenage vampires. Oh, my gosh. Not just murder. Double murder. <laughs> a grisly murder perpetrated by regular vampires. Wait. No. They're teenage vampires. <laughs> I don't know how they could say that and like not realize, like, oh, it was perpetrated by vampires. Like, I'm sorry, but the vampire aspect is actually weirder than the teenage aspect. I get that together. Teenage vampires is even weirder. Those are other podcast stupidest takes. Thank you for listening to that. Uh, it was a, a true displeasure to listen to that podcast again. Uh, it is not a good podcast. I know that there are some fans of this show who listen to that podcast. And even Kendra, I guess, has heard most of them. Yes, I I have been a fan of theirs for a while. I up until pretty recently, since before I started doing true crime. But yeah, until you found a better way to do it, you know they they could be halfway funny sometimes, and then literally be annoying the rest of the time, and then they can literally be a couple of uh, mean girl bitches the rest of the time. They they trash people and they condescend and they look down on everyone, and they they're very negative towards people and people they don't understand. And uh, police officers, whoever, then they do it all for just, you know, an hour's worth of, of cheap excitement, which this shows for entertainment value, too. But I guess I don't I don't look down on people from entire states necessarily or look down on people because they have they're not very progressive or they have conservative values. They open a roller rink. It's just it's trash. I yeah, call you as of, trash, ladies. One of the issues that I take with that, uh, other than what you're saying, because I wholeheartedly agree with you, is that. um People from different places pronounce things differently. And these two girls are from New England and they don't have strong accents, but if they did and they mispronounced a word or they put an R in a word where there wasn't an R and vice versa, <laughs> um, I don't think that they would appreciate their intelligence being questioned because of how their dialect is. And I can tell you people that are from Kentucky speak very, their accents are very unique to the area. And there's a couple of different ones throughout the state. And some of them 
they do they just pronounce things differently because that's just how they pronounce them it's not like he used the wrong word he used the mm -hmm. right word he just pronounced it how he has probably always pronounced it he's an older gentleman so i'm assuming he's been saying it that way his whole life yeah and it doesn't have anything to do with his religion or his intelligence it's like no. saying epitome versus epitome it's the same word it has the yeah. same meaning like the re the reason they attacked him is because, like I said, he had the audacity to say, you know, that vampires shouldn't have a place in, in, in civilized world, which we had a couple of vampires, self-proclaimed vampires go out and, and bludgeon two people to death. So, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe not all ideas are equal when they said that he's a judgmental person. I'm going to take a leap here and I'm going to say maybe you should judge people and you should discriminate because, like I said, not all ideas are equal. Some ideas are stupid ideas. Like when you're a teenager and you think you're a vampire, that's a stupid idea. If you think that you're a vampire, you think that's a valid way of life, that's also stupid because we're talking about minors cutting themselves and then drinking the blood, which is the same thing as saying self-harm and unprotected sex for minors is okay. That's not a way of life. That's not something that we should have in any part of the civilized world. But these two podcasters who don't like anyone who's different than them uh, call everyone else what they are, uh, very judgmental and very hateful people. And uh, they attack other people's intelligence because if put to it, they probably could not defeat this man in an arena of ideals. The end of my rant. I, I don't have anything to add to that because you're spot on. You summed it up perfectly. I will. Also, I always do. <laughs> another thing that came to my mind was that him not wanting, they were de very defensive of the vampire life. And they kind of had the attitude that I have with a lot of stuff where you could do what you want until you start hurting other people, live your life pretty much. But they didn't just like hang out and pretend to be vampires. Like you said, they were harming themselves. But they also, there was a, an incident in Murray where the animal shelter was broken into and like a bunch of puppies were stolen out of the shelter taken into a field had their limbs ripped off and what they were doing was they were using the blood from these puppies to do a ceremony that's not harmless teenage fun okay no, so maybe this guy also, has a it's point. also not a lifestyle that will will allow sorry but we don't we don't have to be tolerant to all things and if you're the kind of person who your value is is that you're going to hurt dogs and use them for your your fucking ceremonies, guess what? I'm going to oppose you and I'm going to judge you and I'm going to say your ideas and your values are not as good as mine. I nope. guess I'm just a judgmental person though. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Now I'm mad. Even though this was a fun show where we were making fun <laughs> of vampires, now I'm mad. So now I get to we're go just, to bed. Mad. We're just back to baseline, John. Back to baseline. Uh, just wrapping up, uh, you, you all ready for Christmas? You get all your presents all purchased? You Do you... you do all that you know you ready seems I'm, like thanksgiving was just yesterday i know and uh christmas it's it doesn't feel like the holidays because it's just going so fast but i am ready. every every <laughs> year it goes so fast like i know my birth my birthday happens and then less than a month later it's halloween and then less than a month later it's thanksgiving and then just like right about it a month it's christmas and the new year's is a week later and then so it's like all of a sudden it's like warm and sunny outside and then you slip down the end of the year and it's a brand new year. I don't get to it. I never have never even fully experienced the last three months of the year because it's only about like a week long. I know. I am with you. So yeah. Are you ready? Are you prepared for Christmas? Yes. I'm, mm -hmm. I actually did it. I did a great job this year. Uh, I was actually pretty proactive. I was looking at stuff throughout the summer. 
And, you know, nice. except, except for getting you uh, your gift, which is a long health tradition. We've been friends for over 20 years. Uh, we were married for about 10 of those. But I haven't gotten yours yet, so I'm working on that. All right. Well, I'll have forgive you. you. Have, haven't gotten you anything for your dog yet either. Uh, all right. We're going to go ahead and uh, call it a night. Folks, thanks for watching uh, True Crime Tuesday. We appreciate it. Failure to Stop is a whole family of shows, though. On Sunday night, you can watch uh, Conservative Ant talk about conspiracy theories. On Monday night, it's Comedy with J. Darrell White and Uncuffed. Tuesday, we're going to be here every week to bring all the true crime you need to keep you up late. Hopefully laugh a little bit, too. On Wednesday, it's all the political news that you need to be well-informed so you don't sound like an asshole on the weekends. On Thursday, it's the football show. We're uh, heading into the uh, end of the season. We're heading into playoffs. It should be a good time. If you haven't checked it out, please check it out. Jason uh, is my co-host over there. It's a new show. Uh, give us a chance. We're, uh, we're having a good time over there so far. And also on Friday is the big show with Eric. Uh, breaking down cases from the thin blue line as always. Uh, thanks for watching. You can support our, our sponsors. Give us a five-star rating and review. You know all the things you need to do on the interwebs to support us. Thanks for watching. We appreciate all you people out there in the Wolfpack. Guns up. Giddy up. Good Stay night, safe. Hey, don't get yourself vampired. Don't become a vampire. Don't, don't be do a that. ghoul either. Don't be a ghoul. Don't be, don't be a mummy. Be a human. I know that I know that the cereals like glamorize this stuff. Count Chocula, you see that, and you're like, "That's the life for me." <laughs> no, no. Be if a you, safe if human. You, if you if you're at the grocery store this holiday season and you're looking at a box of Count Chocula and you think and you're thinking like maybe I should be wearing more cloaks, you know, maybe a cape is in my future. <laughs> I want you to reach out to me personally. You can DM DM me on Instagram. I'm going to talk you out of that if you think about if you think about becoming a vampire. If you have any kind of Transylvanian nobility already, that's a warning sign. If you're already a, a count or a duke or something, please get on the phone. Uh, talk to somebody. We appreciate you this holiday season. We don't want you to be a vampire. Help is out there. Help's out there. Goodbye, everyone.